0: Good morning, Door Creek. Good morning. I'm Pastor David, as you just heard from Pastor Mark, uh, pastor of Northside Campus. Seems like I haven't been here in a while, so it's good to see all your beautiful faces. Uh, hope you're having a great uh, weekend. Uh, it's cold out, but it's nice and toasty and warm in here. And as we uh, continue our series on roadblocks, we're going to talk about something today that we all experience in our lives no one is exempt from it and that is anger you might be sitting next to someone right now that you're angry with I don't know Uh, this morning might have been on your way to church your wife had the last minute things to do and you say we gotta go or maybe the husband is driving too slow make you angry maybe someone cut in front of you Made you angry. You said, I'm going to get in front of them and slow down. (laughs) Yeah, made you angry. We all experience it. There's no way getting around it. And it's all right. We experience anger is what do we do with that anger? That that anger doesn't turn into rage or hate or even unforgiveness. Anger is something, it's an emotion that we all have as as humans. And there's nothing wrong with being angry. But Peter said, be angry and sin not, isn't that right? So we're all going to experience it. But what do I do with the anger that I feel? This world is angry. Look, just look around. People are angry all around. If you watch the news, people are angry. I get so disgusted when I when I'm online and I'm looking at teenagers post teenagers fighting because teens they're angry. People who go into their jobs and take revenge and shoot people up, anger, that anger has moved to hate and rage. Teachers, students, Sports parents, (laughs) peewee football, peewee baseball, little league basketball, yelling at the refs because the call didn't go your way, just angry. I'm one of those vocal parents. Yeah? You get angry. So we all deal with the anger. We face anger. But how do we get? God has given us a way to get through anger, to work through our anger. And we're going to look at that today. We're going to look at how we experience anger. And then we're going to conclude with what do we do with the anger that we have? All right. So let's pray for us so that we don't get angry this morning. (laughs) Gracious God, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for your wonderful blessings. God, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. We thank you for this time that we come together to hear your word. And we ask that you will bless us. Speak your word to each and every one of us, where well, we lift your name and we praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 So we're, we're going to be talking about a, a minor prophet in the Old Testament named Jonah. <clears throat> and I're going to connect how Jonah experienced anger and how that anger he tried to justify, hey? Okay? We all know when you start justifying things that there's a little guilt. Did you know that "Mm, you probably shouldn't be feeling this way because for me to justify it means that "Ah, I know that I'm not fully justified in what I'm doing. So I'm going to try to make an excuse for it anyway. We're going to see that how Jonah does that. And the book of Jonah is not just about a man fleeing from God, being swallowed by a fish being spit out by a fish, and then preaching a message or warning a nation. It's also about God's mercy, God's great mercy. It's about anger, and it's about God's great mercy. And mercy is the key, because without God's mercy, we would be stuck at a roadblock. Anger is a roadblock, but roadblocks usually are temporary obstructions. Okay. usually if you be patient enough, the roadblock will will move or will go ahead just like a police roadblock. You be patient enough, it will it will move. It's frustrating when you're on a path, when you're you're going to a destination and you have an unexpected roadblock. It's frustrating, isn't it? It makes you angry, doesn't it? Because it delays you from where you're going. And This is what roadblocks do. They, they're not your destiny. They delay you from getting to your destiny. But they're not the end. They're only roadblocks. They're not dead ends. Hallelujah. You got to understand that. They're not dead ends. They're only roadblocks, which means I can get around it. Eventually, this roadblock will not be here. And the only way we get through them and around them is by God's great mercy, God's great power, God's great love, God's great strength is how we get through them and around them. Jonah faced this great dilemma as he was called to go to a great city, Nineveh, capital of Assyria, Israel's nemesis Israel hated the Assyrians they were Gentiles they were not God's chosen they did things they were just hated and Jonah had no love for the Assyrians he wanted them to be wiped off the face of the earth he was angry he was angry about that But he was angry that God called him to go and warn them that God would destroy in 40 days if they did not repent, that God would destroy them. He was angry that God was showing mercy for the enemy. So instead of going to Nineveh, he went down to Joppa, got on a ship. You know the story. Was going to go as furthest away from where God told him to go we experience that in our lives sometimes when God tells us to do something we go total opposite we try to get away from it i don't hear you god i'm going somewhere else and as jonah did he put other people in danger sometimes when we when we let our anger lead us we put other people in danger jonah got on a ship and the mariners that were on the sh- on the ship with him they were facing a storm this, this tells me that when you're on a committee or you're in a ministry that you don't belong in, but you're doing it because you want to do it, it's going to shake everything up. It's going to send a storm and things are going to be shaken up because you're somewhere you should not be. Jonah was somewhere he should not have been. So you know the story. They throw him overboard. They get rid of Jonah. God prepares a great fish. Okay, so it goes to the great city. There's a great storm. And God prepares a great fish. The story of greats. Okay, Swish, The fish swallows him up, holds him for three days. Okay, Anger will lead you to a holding place. The belly of the fish was not Jonah's destination. It was only a holding place. <laughs> your anger may take you to places that are not your destination, but it's just holding you there until you get your head together, until you get your heart together until you actually hear what God is saying to you. you know, the story in, in the third chapter, in the second chapter, you know, Jonah prayed, and in the third chapter, he went, God gave him a second chance, he went and he warned the city, and to his surprise, the king decreed that we all would fast and no drink, no food, and animals and all of that, and that we would put sackcloth on and become servers of God. This is where Jonah really shows himself. So a whole city has repented. And this is how Jonah responds. Jonah chapter 4. Grab your Bibles, your iPhones, your iPads, your iPods, or your eyeglasses. I've been gone too long, huh? <laughs> All right, Jonah chapter 4. So listen to this. So this is after God had forgiven Nineveh, the great city, Nineveh. It says, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. I just, I, I, just, I just like to stop there, that first verse. But to Jonah, this seemed wrong. Very wrong. Not just wrong, but very wrong. Jonah, okay. Yes, your opinion, okay. It's wrong because of what you feel. In your heart, because of the anger that you feel, you're going to say what God offered to a lost city was wrong. That God offered forgiveness, God offered mercy, God offered grace. Uh, Over 120,000 people who don't know they're right from their left. You know, we know that. Yeah, you're going to get angry about this because God saved them. Jonah, this seemed wrong. Now, Jonah, let, let me tell you what's wrong. What's wrong is our kids fighting and killing each other? What's wrong is furlough employees, a shutdown government? What's wrong is hunger and homelessness? What's wrong is parents or kids being separated from their parents? That's wrong. Jonah said this was very wrong and he became angry. If you're gonna get angry, get angry about the achievement gap. Yeah. Get angry about injustices. Get angry about uh, um, husbands and wives forsaking one another. You wanna get angry? Let's, let's justifiably get angry then. But let's let our anger lead us to action. Amen. Don't let your anger lead you to apathy. When you're not concerned, you're unenthused. Let your anger lead you to action. To Jonah, this seemed very wrong. (laughs) And he became angry. Now, let's let's remember that. Jonah is now in an angry mode. But look what happens. He's in an angry mode. He prayed. Best advice. The best advice. When you're angry, pray. But look what he prayed. He prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? You could have just left me. You know, I said this. This is what I tried to forestall. I tried to avoid this by fleeing to Tarshish. See, never, in your prayer, never start off with telling God, didn't I tell you? (laughs) Didn't I tell you? No. Look. When I was at home, I told you when I, when I went to Tarshish, I'm justifying why I went to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God. This is what he should have started out with. You are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sin and calamity. That's what he should have started out with. He should have started off telling God how good he is, how wonderful he is. He's abounding with love instead of I told you this. If you would have listened to me, if you would have just let me go to Tarshish, none of this would have happened. You're a gracious God. Relent from sin and calamity. Then he falls into pity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Really, Jonah? Overdramatizing. Really? Because God sent you to preach a message that they obeyed and listened to. God spared their life. Now you want to put it on me, on yourself. It's better for me to die because what you thought was going to happen or should have happened did not happen. Now you're embarrassed. Your anger has led you to embarrassment. Your anger led you to pride. Now your anger has you in pity. Your pity and your prayer, let me die. It's better for me to die than to live. I love the way the Lord replied Is it right for you to be angry? Mm. Maybe so. Maybe not. But Jonah's case, was it right for him to be angry? Well, he was a little embarrassed. Sometimes we get angry about being embarrassed, but it's what he did with the anger. He got angry, and then he justified it. He got angry, then he became pity. He became pitiful. He was angry, then he began, you know, as as we say in the imaginary, shake his finger at God. Didn't I tell you this? No, this is not what we're supposed to do with our anger. He says, it's better for me. The Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and he sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter. He sat in the shade and he waited to see what would happen to the city. So he's looking, anticipating what's going to happen. Have these people repented? What's, what's, what's going to happen to the city? Then God, in his great mercy, provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. Now, remember, what mood was Jonah in? Angry. He was angry. All right. He's watching to see what's going to happen to the city. God, even though he knows Jonah is angry and Jonah is feeling pitiful, God is still great and full of mercy. God provides a leafy plant to keep the sun from scorching on his head. See, even in our disgust, even in our anger, even in our bad moods, God is still gracious. God is still merciful. God is still good. He still cared for Jonah. What a good God. So Jonah was happy about the plant. A plant made him happy. We know some of those plants that make you happy. We... (laughs) He was happy about the plan. Now look at this. Talking about priorities, over 120,000 people who were lost have been found, have been forgiven, have, are receiving and experiencing God's great love. And he's angry about it because his anger led him to become an unforgiving person because he couldn't forget the past. He knew what the Assyrians had done. The Assyrians were bullies. And who wants God to save a bully? When a bully have pushed you around all your middle school and high school life, and all of a sudden now you're sitting in church with the bully, and you look at it and say, hmm, I hope lightning comes down and strikes him or her. No, God's grace and God's mercy has been distributed, has been provided for that person. You ought to rejoice and be glad for them. Hallelujah, because that person who was lost is now found. Your anger should not lead to unforgiveness. It should lead you to action, and that action is to love and to rejoice and celebrate. But not Jonah, not Jonah. God's mercy couldn't make him happy, but a plant could. A plant could. So he loves his plant. It provided, God provided for his discomfort. Listen, whenever we get or live in discomfort, didn't God say he would not leave us comfortless? Yes. Amen. That he would provide a, a comforter. It doesn't make sense for God to provide a comforter if we would never be discomforted. Mm-hmm. Right? He provides a comforter because he knows we will experience discomfort. He provides love and mercy and all of those things because he knows we will experience these things. Okay? So, the plant got Jonah out of the mood. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone. The plant got Jonah out of the mood. So, at dawn the next day, God provided a worm, okay? Look at all these things God provided. God provided grace, God provided mercy, God provided a message, God provided a plant, God provided a storm, all these things God is providing. God is providing this, he provided a, a, a fish, God provided a plant, and now God's providing a worm. Just like life, isn't it? As soon as you think you get a step ahead, it seems like you take two steps back. Just when you think that you made it through, here comes something else. Jonah said, I had the plan. I was out of my funky mood. I was out of my angry mood. And now, God, you're going to send a worm to eat up the plant. I'm mad again. <laughs> I'm angry again. God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. The plants in our lives that we are so concerned about. Things that we have absolutely nothing to do with. We didn't invest in them. We don't don't make it grow. We don't make it come. We don't make it wither. Nothing. Things, plants that we are so frustrated with and more concerned about those plants in our lives than the lost souls. getting cut off in traffic, you get hung up on it, the plants in life, your Wi-Fi is not working, get angry, kids can't be on social media for a week, plants in our lives, huh? spouses, dinner is late, breakfast is late. Plants, things, little things that come and go, but can't be concerned about the lost. Kids who don't eat every day, kids who can't read at grade level, get angry about that and take some action. Get angry about that. Get involved and take some action. We get angry and say, ah, it won't make any difference what I do. Yeah. Like Jonah, he didn't think the message would matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter if I go and preach. These Assyrians, they're, they're heathens. They're not going to listen to the message of God. I could just stay home. Why do this? Why do that? I'm going to go, God, but I'm not going to go where you want me to go. God provided and he took away. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away right? the plant. He gave it. Jonah woke up that morning and the plant was gone. Mm, when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and God provided a scorching east wind. Well, God is providing a lot, isn't he? He is a provider. And the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die <laughs> again and said it would be better for me to die than to live jonah what happened to your happy mood what happened you were you were mad and then you got happy and now you're angry again because he's looking at the little things in life his focus is on the little things not the big picture his focus is not on the big picture that god wants to save those who are lost God desires, but Jonah was too angry. Jonah was was too introspective. He was looking at himself. He was thinking about his own feelings and how he felt. And it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about God's mercy, and God can extend his mercy to whomever he desires. And I thank God for that. But Jonah wanted to die. But God said to Jonah, I'm going to ask you again, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? God got specific. Because the first time he asked him, he said, is it right for you to be angry? Now God is getting specific. Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? I don't like what Jonah said. Jonah said, it is. And I am so angry, I wish I were dead. Could you just see Jonah? I am. And I am so angry, I wish I were dead. That's not going to move God. God is not going to feel pity for you and your angry pity party. God wants you to take action. God wants you to rejoice and realize that his mercy has been extended to those who are lost. And you're concerned about the plan. You answer the question the second time. But the first time God asks you, is it right for you to be angry? You don't. But the second time God gets specific, is it right for you to be angry about the plan? You're going to answer, it is. It is. Because that plant provided shelter for me, but the plant was sent by God. <laughs> you had nothing to do with it, but you're overly concerned and angry about. You couldn't get angry about the Syria uh, uh, about. Um, you, you got angry about the Syrians being um, uh, receiving God's mercy, and you're angry about the plant. That's. Let's let's look at that. How does does that balance? The Syrians receive God's mercy. I'm angry about The plant being withered up. I'm so angry. I'm very angry about that. That I want to die. I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant though you did not tend to it or make it grow. Tell them, God. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. It, had, it didn't even have a life cycle. It, you know, it didn't, it, one night it's here, one night it's gone. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals, even animals, God's concern about the animals. Why? Because the animals were part of their um, livelihood. People live, they, 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 you know, they survive because of the animals. So God was concerned not just about their souls. He was concerned about their livelihood. So God spared that city that could have been washed away, wiped away, and, and Jonah was the, the, the mechanism that God used to preach the word to, to, the, to the people, to warn them, and they heeded it. Now, if I came here today and I preach the gospel of salvation, and every single one of you come up to the altar and give your life to Christ, and I walk away and say, huh, I could have stayed home. I knew they don't deserve it. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. But that was my purpose. My purpose is to give you the good news of Jesus Christ, to let you know that God is good. God is great and his mercy endures forever. Is that he took all our anger, he took all of our hurt, all of our fear, all of our pain, and he put it on the cross. So what do we do with the anger that we have? What do we do with the anger that we feel? Because God, when I get angry, I don't know what to do. I just want to explode. I don't want to die, but I just want to explode. I guess if I explode, i die. But I just, I just want to do something, God. I just want to do something. What do I do? How do I carry this anger? How do I live with it every day? How do I wake up every day, God, and deal with the anger? I see it every day. I hear it every day. I watch it every day. I live it every day, God. I can't do this by myself, God. I need your help. That is the perfect place to be in because the more imperfect we are, the more we experience God's mercy. I thought that living as perfect as I could, I would experience the love of God. I said, ooh, because I'm living holy, I'm living so perfect. No, I realized when I realized I'm messed up from the floor up, when I'm messed up in my whole life, that God's great love and mercy is felt so much more because he loves me in spite of myself. He loves me even when I'm angry. He loves me even when I'm hurt. He loves me even when I'm fearful. He loves me. And so Don't get trapped in your anger. Don't let your anger be a dead end. It's only a roadblock. You can move forward. But the only way you can move forward is that you have to take your anger to Jesus Christ. You got to give it to God. You can't carry it. Your marriage will be messed up. Your parenting will be messed up. Your kids will be messed up. Your career will be messed up if you live in this anger. Look at how it affected Jonah. The only thing that could make him happy was a plant. A plant. And we know what happens when you only a plant can make you happy. Jonah was not excited, he wasn't, he wasn't enthused about the goodness, the grace of mercy of God being poured upon over 120,000 people. He was more concerned about one plant. Where are our priorities, people of God? What are we really angry about? What are we really angry? Are we unforgiving? Have we forgiven the person that hurt us? Have you forgiven the person that touched you inappropriately? Have you forgiven the person that walked out on you? Have you forgiven the person that, 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 that abandoned you? Have you forgiven the bully 50 years ago? And you still walk around with a snarl on your face. Anger has stopped your life. It's time to move on. It's time to move forward. It's time to get over that roadblock. It's time to move through that roadblock. But you can't do it on your own. Listen to the gospel. Jesus in Matthew 11, this is what we do with our anger that we're carrying around. We're carrying it around. And some of us carrying it so tight that it feels normal. You're carrying it so long that it feels normal. Let me tell you, if you're living every day with anger, it is not normal. Got to move through it. Jesus said in Matthew eleven, twenty-eight, thirty, 28, 30, he said, come to me. This is invitation. Come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened. Does, does anger make you weary? Does, is anger a burden? That side, this side. Okay, all you who are weary and burdened. So I think that would include all of us. And I will give you rest. Who wants rest from their anger? Hmm? Rest. Now, you know, rest just means now anger is temporary, right? Rest is also temporary, right? When you go lay down and say, I'm going to take a rest, you're not saying I'm going to bed. I'm going to take a rest. So what God is saying, I will give you rest. Meaning I will give you relief from your burden and from your weariness. I will give you rest. I want rest. I don't want to live in this thing from day to day, 24 hours a day. I will give you rest. Then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light so we have our anger we don't want it to go over to unforgiveness we have our anger what are we to do now all right my wife is answered <laughs> what are we to do door creek go to, go to Jesus all right it's okay to talk in church y'all know that right it's okay it's okay to answer all right you take it to Jesus. Your anger. He's not saying it's wrong for you to have the anger because Peter reminded us, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. So we know that Jesus, was he angry? Did Jesus ever get angry? Yes. Oh yes, when he went into the temple and they were money changing and, and selling and doing all that. Uh, one of the gospels I write I believe is John said he made a whip out of cords and he ran them out of there. Was he angry? Yes, he was angry, but that same, if every one of them that he ran out would have turned around and said, I am sorry, forgive me, Jesus would have forgiven them. Because he didn't allow his anger to move into unforgiveness. He was still a forgiving, gentle Savior. He ran them out of there. but He said, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. See, I can be angry, and I can also forgive. Learn from me. I'm humble and heart, and I'm gentle. If you do that, you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Okay? What he's saying, that he's not saying he didn't have any yokes or burden, he's saying they're easy and they're light. And if you come to me, yours will be easy and light, because I will carry you. Peter says, cast all your, um, Peter says, cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Okay? It was Ephesians that said, be angry and sin not, Ephesians. But Peter says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So does fear cause, I mean, does anger cause anxiety? Yes, anger causes anxiety. So Peter says, cast it all on him because he cares for you. He cares about everything that you are suffering and going through, and your anger has become anxiety, so cast it on the Lord, Throw it to God. Give it to him. For he cares. And I love this one from Luke. Chapter 23. Jesus was on the cross where he nailed all of our shame, all of our anger, all of our hurt on the cross between two malefactors. One chiding him, the other saying, man, leave him alone. Jesus was being mocked and scorned. You saved others. Why don't you save yourself? Would that make you angry? If someone mocked you like that? But even in that moment, what did Jesus say? He said, Father... Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Wow. Really, Jesus? Jonah couldn't have or didn't have that same spirit or attitude. But Jesus, the one who created everything, is now turned on. He's he's turned on by the the very ones he breathed life into, and they're casting lots for his clothes, and they're mocking him, they're scorning him, they're talking, they're laughing at him. And in the midst of that, he's asking his father to forgive them, because they're ignorant. Forgive them, because they don't know better. Forgive them, for they are just misguided and misdirected. Forgive them. When they pushed me around, they didn't realize that I'd be somebody one day. When they talked about me, when they walked out on me, when they abandoned me, they didn't realize what they were doing. So, Father, forgive them. For they are loving now. They are now serving you. They are now in church. Their life is moving forward. Now it's time for your life to move forward. Don't let your enemy outlive you. Don't let your, what I mean by that, I'm talking about years, I'm talking about don't let them live out their life better than you are. When you are a follower of Christ, don't let your enemy live better than you. You ought to trust God and live and move on with your life and not let anger block you. Don't let anger be an obstruction to your path. Take all of your anger and bring it to the cross of Jesus Christ. The one who died, saves, and forgives. And the one who was tempted and felt every emotion that we feel, he felt it. And now, this is what I want us to do. Let's take our burdens, our anxiety, our anger, our fear, And let's take it to the cross of Jesus Christ. So today, this morning, maybe you have been camping out in your anger, having a pity party all by yourself. And you want to cast your cares on God. You want to bring it to the cross of Jesus. I want to pray with you this morning. You will cast those cares. If you're not a follower, if you're not a believer, follower of Jesus Christ, we invite you to accept him into your heart this morning and become a follower. He knows your past. He knows if you came here this morning angry. Well, Guess what? he's already offering you forgiveness. He's already offering you strength so that you don't have to leave here feeling that same way. So we're going to pray this morning. And accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, we confess that he is Christ. He is God's son. And he died for our sins and he rose for our life. The Bible says we can be saved. Whoever calls on his name shall be saved. If the Ninevites can be saved, I think anyone who here, who's here that doesn't know Jesus, you can be saved too. Let's pray. Gracious God, full of mercy, full of grace, we do thank you and we love you and we honor you for this day that you have made. We thank you for taking our cares, for inviting us to come unto you when we are weary, heavy laden, and burdened. Thank you for your yoke that's easy and your burden that's light. Now this morning, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can repeat this prayer. You can repeat it out loud or you can just repeat it quietly in your heart to pray this prayer dear Lord I confess that I am a sinner forgive me for my sins Jesus Christ is the son of God he died for my sins he rose for my life today by grace through faith I am a follower of Jesus Christ amen Amen.